Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and welcome to February 2024. January went by really fast uh, for me uh, in particular. I finally got married to my sweetheart, my sweet Jen, on January 20th, exactly five months after I proposed to her. We um, just got back last week, a week ago today, in fact, as I'm recording this, uh, from our honeymoon in Hawaii, where we had the most magnificent time doing, frankly, very little, but enjoying nature. Um, It was the most low-activity trip that we've ever taken together. We usually are constantly going and hiking and seeing things and doing all the stuff, and... uh, I think we just needed a little R&R. We spent a lot of time just uh, watching nature, wandering around, looking at birds, looking at plants, looking at things that we'd never seen before because neither one of us had ever been to Hawaii, uh, holding hands and just connecting with each other and connecting with nature, and it was absolutely beautiful. But I tell you this to let you know that I wasn't ready to do this episode today. In fact, I'm recording it the day that it's releasing, which I try not to do, although Jessica would tell you that sometimes that does happen, which means she has to hurry and get the thing edited and get it up. Um, I was so far ahead in preparation for this honeymoon. I had so many shows recorded, ready to go. Everything was good. And now we're starting from scratch, and that's okay, because I love doing this show, and frankly, I'm kind of excited to be doing a sort of live episode, uh, where you'll be hearing it, assuming you listen to it the day it drops anyway, Uh, the same day that I did it. I I actually like that a lot. Sometimes I have people come in and ask about an episode, and I'm trying to think, well, when did I do that? Because I recorded it a month ago, but they just heard it yesterday, you know, that kind of thing. But anyway... Here we are, and I just want to tell you a couple of things that we're going to get into today. Uh, First, I was looking through podcast episodes that um, I've done, that I did last year, uh, all the way through, you know, 2023, and, you know, I just hit episode 400 uh, a couple of, well, last week, and um, I wasn't even at episode 300 at the beginning of last year. Uh, That's what happens when you release a couple episodes every single week, every year. And so that means that over 100 episodes have gone by. And one of the episodes I did last year at the very end of January was an episode about what did I learn last year? And uh, I actually, it was, I I specifically answered a bunch of questions that I had received uh, in 2022. And I want to do that again this year, although that won't be this show. Uh, we'll probably do that probably next show, actually, I think is when I'll do that, maybe the week after that. And But this show, I want to go through a little bit differently and talk about things that I learned on my podcast in 2023. 
which is, I don't know if that sounds weird or not. It's kind of funny to me because at least in theory here, I'm the teacher, you know, on this show, uh, you know, educating you on things that you don't already know, uh, hoping that I can share some of my, you know, learnings with you. I had a very, very sweet young lady uh, come in to see me. She's the mother of a couple of uh, children. Uh, she lives here in Utah, and she visited me at Vitality for the first time after hearing me on uh, Carlin Call's show, Just Ingredients, uh, which aired about two weeks ago. And she wasn't familiar with Vitality Radio yet, and had just found out about us. And yet she grew up in Bountiful, uh, where our store is, uh, but doesn't live there anymore. She's uh, maybe 30 minutes away from where we are now. Anyway, she came in and talked to me just yesterday. And uh, she just had this wonderful disposition to her. I really enjoyed our conversation. And she was asking about, you know, things for her children, things for her husband, for herself. And um, at the end, as she was standing at my register at Vitality Nutrition about to spend money on supplements, she said to me, thank you so much for uh, your, your knowledge and information and sharing it so freely. And that really, I, if that's not the first time that's happened. I've had a lot of people say similar things, but it always kind of puts me back just a little bit. And I have to think on that for just a second because here they are giving me money that they've earned uh, in exchange for products that I've educated them on. And they're thanking me for the education they've received on, you know, that, that's led them to buy those products. It puts me in a very humbling position because I recognize that there is a significant amount of trust that ends up getting exchanged um, because of this podcast. And I want you to know that I don't ever want to do anything to betray that trust. My goal with Vitality Radio has always been to tell you what I really believe to be true. I am always happy to stand corrected if I come across new research or information that, you know, that puts something that I've said into a different light. Absolutely. And I'll be the first one to come back on this show and say, hey, I've changed my tune on this. But as it stands, I do as much as I can to do the research that I believe is needed to be done um, in order to deliver an authentic show for you on Vitality Radio. And so to those of you who have been with me for a while, uh, who were with me through 2023 and you know maybe beyond that, because this show now, if you include the radio years, 16 years old, over 16 years old, I appreciate it. So very, very much. For those of you who are just listening for the first time, or this is one of your first shows because you just discovered me on the Just Ingredients podcast, thank you. Thank you so much for giving me a chance. Thank you for, um, uh, you know, whatever it was that resonated with you on her show uh, for taking the step to join me on my show. I intend to give you the best year of podcasts that I've ever done uh, in 2024. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of exciting people uh, that uh, I'll be talking to, and a lot of solo content like today's that I think you'll really, really enjoy. Today's episode is going to be on the power of silence, something I personally experienced in a whole new way. Uh, a couple of times in 2023, and then again just last week in Hawaii. 
um, and I'm going to talk about the health benefits of silence. I'm also going to do a, a very brief book review for you on a book that I want you all to read. I'm, I'm right now um, trying to get this gentleman on this podcast. His name is Michael Easter. Uh, he's the author of The Comfort Crisis, which I just am finishing right now. I think I have 10 minutes left on the audiobook. Um, and he also just authored a new one called um, Scarcity Brain. That's what it's called, Scarcity Brain. Uh, and uh, I've got that one downloaded, haven't given it a listen yet, but it's next. I am in love with Michael Easter's work and have already reached out to him to ask him to be on this show. So hopefully he will take up, take me up on that invitation. Regardless, I highly recommend the books. Um, again, The Comfort Crisis is the one I just finished and Scarcity Brain is the next one. Uh, you can also hear him interviewed on the Mike Rowe podcast called The Way I Heard It. I'm going to do a little review on that book and, and tell you some things I've learned from the book. And I'm going to go through, as I said, things I learned on Vitality Radio this year because the beauty of doing this show for me as the host, the guy who's supposed to be educating you, is that I end up getting very educated myself on things that I did not know enough about up until I started researching for the, researching them for the show or bringing on a guest who uh, can educate me on those things. There will be uh, a handful of learnings that I'll share with you today. And depending on time, I may hold on to a few of those for the next episode as well. So this show is, um, it's, I, I think it's full of little bits of information that you're really, really going to love. I'm going to point you back to a few of the key highlights in 2023. This will be especially useful for those of you who are just joining Vitality Radio for the first time over the last couple of weeks uh, since hearing me on the Just Ingredients podcast. And I hope that all of you will appreciate and find something new in this episode of Vitality Radio, which I believe you will. Now, one announcement I want to make to you. If, you're, if you've been with me a while, you may have heard Jen's story. That's an episode of Vitality Radio that I did. We'll link to it in the show description. In fact, there will be links to a bunch of shows in the show description this week. And uh, if you haven't heard Jen's story, and especially if you're new to the podcast, I think Jen's story would be a really good one to start with um, to give you a little bit of background on, uh, you know, what I do and also, you know, kind of who I am as a podcaster, because you'll hear me interviewing my future bride um, about her health journey. And um, I've had many people tell me it's their favorite episode of Vitality Radio. So I've checked that one out. Jen has committed to doing uh, at least four more episodes with me, and I hope that we end up doing something on a regular basis down the road. But uh, we're going to go through her health journey from battling with bipolar for over 20 years, uh, chronic back and neck pain, also for over 20 years, um, opiate addiction, uh, and a variety of other issues that she dealt with. And I say dealt not deals, because she does not deal with those things anymore. She no longer has chronic, um, somewhat debilitating pain like she had. She no longer deals with that addiction. She no longer deals with bipolar symptoms uh, and does not consider herself to be a bipolar person. She uh, has freed herself of very much what I would consider to be shackles uh, that were keeping down her mental and physical health and has become 
the person that I knew she was when I first met her um, fully. She's embraced this completely different side of who she is, which is really her true self, not the self that had just been beat down by so much of what has happened in her life. And I believe the power of her story is so it resonates so well with so many people that listen to it because it gives hope to people who also feel stuck. So we're going to do a part two, three, four, and five, at least of Jen's story, all of which I hope to get out this year. Basically, every couple of months, I'd like to do one where we go through individually what we did to help her get off of her pharmaceuticals, what we did to help her uh, get out of chronic pain, what we did to help her get out of her mental health uh, hole that she was in with the bipolar diagnosis and so on. We're going to move through that entire process talking about diet, supplementation, mindset, and beyond to give you what I believe is a roadmap that anyone can use to optimize their vitality, both physically and mentally, emotionally as well. So the two of us are deliriously happy. It's crazy. We've met, uh, we met almost six years ago and uh, it just keeps getting better. Uh, I, I believe that there are a couple of really, really key elements to our relationship. The biggest one being complete honesty in both directions. I can say and um, share with her my deeper, deepest, most um, potentially I don't know, embarrassing or scary types of things that I want to say or need to say and get off my chest. And she can with me without the need or without fear of, uh, you know, a reaction and that kind of thing. That's what's happened with our relationship. And we've learned how to do that. This is not who either of us were. Uh, We've learned how to do that together uh, through the things that we teach in the Emotional Vitality episodes of Vitality Radio as well. So if you're interested in all that mental, emotional stuff, check out the Emotional Vitality episodes of Vitality Radio. We'll link to those uh, in the show description as well. For today's show, as I said, I've thrown together a couple of things that I think are really, really useful. Um, and I want to focus on one thing in particular, and that is um, this concept of silence. So I was reading Michael Easter's book. It's called The Comfort Crisis, and he talks about everything from the types of chairs that we sit in uh, to the temperature that we live in to, uh, you know, whether or not we're exposed to elements um, and how much entertainment we have and how boredom is kind of a thing of the past now and so on and so forth. There's all kinds of information in this book. But one of the things that he talks about is the power of silence. And it got me thinking because, as I said earlier, this show is not just about learning for you. It's about learning for me. I learn a lot of stuff on Vitality Radio. And one of the things that I have, I think, known but not been willing to experiment with is probably the best way to put it is that I probably need more silence in my life. Silence is golden, they say, right? But silence can be very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable uncomfortable for a lot of people. And what I've found is I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable in the silence in terms of, you know, 
I don't know, thoughts coming into my head that are disturbing or anything like that. I know a lot of people do struggle with that. Uh, thoughts that, that can be depressing or create anxiety when they sit too long in silence. And so then they want to get some noise going to take their mind off of those things. That's not my issue personally, but I know that's an issue for a lot of people. My issue with silence is I love music so much. If I could listen to music 24 hours a day and still get everything done that I need to get done, that's probably what I would do. I am a huge music fan. I also love learning. I love learning through audiobooks. That's how I do it because I drive quite a bit. Um, and I, you know, I, I, when I sit down to read, frankly, I get very, very tired. And I don't stay up very long if I read a book in bed or something like that. But audiobooks work really, really well for me. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so generally speaking, I've got something on. And it's not TV for me. I actually rarely have the TV on, although I do use YouTube on my phone a fair amount. And again, more often than not for educational purposes. I love doing that stuff. Not really necessarily looking for entertainment too much until I go to music. But regardless, that's me. And while I'm preparing an episode like this, I typically will sit in my office and turn on my Bluetooth speaker and turn on some music and I'll type away all the stuff that I'm trying to you know, learn for the show. And I've convinced myself that I can be just as efficient with music on as without. I've noticed that it has to be music that I know. If I know the music, I can focus on what I'm typing. If it's new music to me, I tend to focus on the new music. So I got away from new music when I was trying to prepare a show but I didn't want to get away from music completely because then that takes that music out of my life and that felt like this big sacrifice to me but I get it it makes sense that silence is probably really pretty good for me because while I wouldn't consider myself to have an anxious disposition I do have a very racy brain disposition for sure a lot of thoughts shooting around up there, colliding, exploding, and disappearing, never to be seen again, except then they pop up again, you know, an hour later. That's kind of how my brain works. So extra noise probably doesn't help that, right? I mean, you can essentially assume that that's probably not a good thing. But yeah, I like music. I like to have the music on. So I took Michael Easter's advice, and I prepared this episode in silence. So this is what I did. Yesterday, I sat down in the same office with that same Bluetooth speaker in the off position, no music, and I worked. And I don't honestly know if I was more efficient, but I felt more calm while I was doing it, which is interesting because I was frankly a little anxious when I sat down because, you know, just got, we, we got the wedding put together, we did the honeymoon. Um, I had most of the weekend off with my kids, and then this week was the first big week of work, you know, back um, at Vitality and on Vitality Radio, and the pile in front of me was very, very tall and still is. And um, so I think the silence was good for me yesterday, but as I went to bed last night with my sweetheart, I whispered in her ear that I was really experiencing a lot of feelings of overwhelm, which... I get from time to time. I think all of us do. Um, but I don't 
usually feel super overwhelmed and it doesn't usually create a lot of anxiety. It's, it's a fleeting thing for me more often than not, but the pile is tall. It really is. There's a ton of stuff going on and a lot of stuff that needs my attention. And I'm not sure how I'm going to get to all of it. And, and that's just a fact. I don't know how or how quickly I can get to all of that stuff. And so she actually gave me some great advice like she always does. And I decided at that moment that I would, again, follow Michael Easter's recommendations from the Comfort Crisis book and also the recommendation of uh, Stephen Covey from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I haven't read for years, but I always remember him talking about sharpening the saw and the focus on taking care of oneself in order to be able to take care of one's tasks and take care of the people in your life. So I set my alarm about a half an hour early today. I got up and I walked in a beautiful, drizzly rain, Um, you know, the kind of rain that just looks almost, I don't even know how to describe it, super, super small raindrops bouncing off of my jacket, bouncing off of the concrete, and I just walked around our neighborhood. And I spent about 20 minutes walking around the neighborhood. I saw four moving things, all cars. I didn't make eye contact with any humans while I was out. It was too dark this morning, and I couldn't really see anybody. Um, Just saw headlights, and I just walked. No music, no phone. I took the phone out, put it on the counter before I left, and I just disconnected as much as I could disconnect and still be in the city. And I noticed some things. I noticed some beautiful things. Uh, I noticed landscaping. I noticed uh, this this view on the on the ridge where uh, that's not where our home is, but up uh, a little ways from our home. There's this ridge of some undeveloped property, and you can see for a long ways, and it's very very beautiful. And I noticed all kinds of things, and I came up with the idea on what I wanted to talk about on today's episode of Vitality Radio. Well, because my brain was able to focus on the task at hand, which I needed to record this morning, or it wasn't going to be out on Wednesday like we like to have it. You may have noticed that sometimes the show comes out on Wednesdays, and sometimes it comes out on Thursdays. 90% or more, 95% probably Wednesdays. But occasionally it's a Thursday, and that's usually on me because the pile of things was high enough, and I didn't prioritize getting the Wednesday show done. Um, Well... Today, I prioritized that. That was in my head when I left the house and I went on this walk. And it was mostly silent. There was the sound of nature, the you know gentle rainfall. And in 20 minutes, I saw four vehicles and heard their you know engines. But other than that, I didn't see a single human soul. Um, I guess because of the rain, uh, I didn't see any animals or birds or anything like that. It was just me. And I loved it. It was really, really great. And when I came back, I was extra motivated to do a great job on this show, and I had a plan for the show. And so what are some other things that I learned uh, in, in Michael Easter's book? I learned that standing beats sitting. And I talked about that with uh, Nikki Wolf uh, just last week on uh, on Vitality Radio, and I'm, I'm going to get a little treadmill to put underneath my standing desk. I hope this is the last episode I record from my current studio before the studio moves into the back of Vitality, where I've got a standing desk instead of a sitting desk. And I'm going to stand as I prepare my show. I'm going to stand as I 
deliver the show and I'm going to do as much as little sitting as possible. When I do sit, I'm actually going to get myself one of those big fat yoga balls to sit on so that I can work on my core while I'm sitting at the desk. So standing beats sitting, movement matters, boredom isn't a bad thing, and walking is such a big deal. And we just talked about that with Nikki Wolf last week, but walking is huge and I'm going to be doing that a lot more consistently. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further and I'll explain what this means a little bit in a future episode. Um, But I'm going to be rucking instead of walking where I'm actually carrying weight on my back in a backpack uh, because the evidence of that and the benefits are massive. Like it's really, really great. So that's uh, what I learned from uh, Michael Easter's book, uh, among other things, but those are kind of some of the highlights. But back to silence. I said that I learned about silence in a unique way. So Jen and I were at Volcanoes National Park on the Big Island in Hawaii. Now, I don't know if you've been there or not, and it's frankly an impossible picture to paint if you haven't been there, but I'll do my best to briefly paint this picture. There's a hike there, and I should have looked it up. I can't remember the name of it, Um, but uh, maybe I'll look it up and we'll add it to the show description afterwards. But it's about a four-mile hike, and it's not particularly, you know, challenging. There's a lot of uphill and downhill, um, but um, relatively gradual, no big deal relatively easy hike to take, but you're going down through what is essentially rainforest kind of jungle type um, uh, terrain. And you go down into this crater that was formed by a volcano. uh, And the crater, they think, was formed basically in 1959. So it's not that old, if you think about it, only, you know, 12, 13 years older than I am. And um, that in and of itself is interesting, that that this crater was full of lava, uh, you know, 60 years ago. So we got there at dusk, and there were a few people in the crater when we arrived in the crater. Uh, We didn't see anybody on the way down, and then we saw people in the crater. um, And then as we kept walking, the mist just came lower and lower and lower and heavier and heavier and heavier. We couldn't really see much. There were, I don't know, maybe we could see a few hundred feet in front of us was all. And it was like eerie and beautiful and otherworldly because now we're in this crater. Everybody has left. Can't see anybody else. It's just the two of us. We're in the middle of this crater, which I don't even know. Maybe it's a few football fields long or something like that. Maybe it's even more than that, four or five football fields long or something like that. And we're sitting, standing in the middle of this crater, and it's just silent except for birds. And there aren't any birds in the crater. There's really nothing for them to do down there. Um, but they're up in that you know kind of jungle area where we walk down from. And we can hear them around us. It's like surround sound, all these different birds. And it's not cacophony. It's more like a symphony. It's just beautiful. And I specifically mentioned to my Jenny, I said, just listen to the birds. This is so beautiful. And so while it wasn't silence, it was kind of like human silence, right? We couldn't hear people. We couldn't hear voices. We couldn't hear computers. We couldn't hear cars. We couldn't hear music. All we could hear was the sound of nature and the music that is nature, the symphony of nature. A little bit of rustling leaves in the breeze. 
this incredible mist falling on us and these beautiful birds communicating with each other saying who knows what and just loving every minute of the peace that we felt with that. And as we walked back out, we got out of the crater, and that was when we saw the, the next human. And we saw, I think, three more humans um, on the way out of the crater. So we almost owned this crater all to ourselves. We also spent time on the edge of a cliff uh, that was probably about 20 yards or so down to the ocean. And this cliff had been also formed by a volcano. It was pure volcanic rock. Um, on the edge of this cliff and, and we could see the ocean and we could see nobody else. I mean, it was incredible. It was like we were alone in a national park. It was the coolest thing. And when we got there where there were people, but by the time we left, there were no more people. I, we seemed to shoo them away. I don't know what the deal is. And the silence there was again, not silence. It was the sound of nature, but now it was gentle waves coming in and occasionally a bigger one coming in and crashing up against the rocks and water spraying up. And it was just absolute magic. So I want to remind you of something that I've been reminded of many times this year. And that is that the combination of nature and elimination of outside what I would call human noise is really, really powerful, incredibly regenerative. And there's science that backs this up. Uh, Michael Easter talks about it in his book, the, Sci the Science of Silence and even Boredom and what happens with cortisol levels and what happens with taking you back into the parasympathetic nervous system from fight or flight. And I would highly encourage, highly encourage you to spend 20 minutes, more is great, but 20 minutes seems to be a pretty magical number, 20 to 30, uh, depending on the research that you read. And even one of the research article, articles I read said even 15 minutes, three times a week is enough to make a substantial difference in your mental health. Getting out there for 20 or so minutes in nature, walking, that nature can be your neighborhood. Now, if you've got a park, if you've got something, you know, if, if you're in an urban area, which most of us are, um, you've got a place that's a green space. There's a park that's a five-minute walk from our house um, that actually uh, we're very fortunate where we live now. There's just nothing outside of that park on the south side of it on the wet the north side of it actually north and west homes but south and east nothing except for rolling hills it's uh, protected like uh, you know wetlands kind of a thing and so we can walk there and be in nature even though if we turn around we can see the homes again find a place like that even if it's you know if you're in new york city it's central park is incredible you can get away from the city and be right in the middle of the city. There are places, is my point. Everywhere we are, there's no excuse to not get out in nature other than the, des the lack of desire to do so. And I am telling you, getting out in nature, enjoying the sound of nature, and eliminating as much of the human noise as you can, not long term. I love human noise. I love the music. I love the podcast. I love all of it. But getting away from it in a way that, humans don't do now 
but used to do all the time, I think there's incredible value in it, and I highly encourage it. So the eight physical and mental health benefits of silence and how to get more of it. This is an article I read on Healthline. Healthline's an interesting uh, resource because they they give you a little bit of love on the alternative stuff, but they still fall mostly, oh, excuse me, mostly back on, you know, the <laughs> the medical stuff. Uh, and they always say there's more research that needs to be done. There's more research. There's never ever enough research. We've never proven anything uh, beyond a doubt. And so anytime they give you an alternative thing, they say, well, there's more research to be done. But regardless, the research that has been done indicates that silence is really, really powerful. Here are the eight big things that they list as, as benefits of silence that there is some good research on. The first one is lowering blood pressure, which is one of the most common things that people come into me for is blood pressure and there are things that you can do. I have some very, very great recommendations for blood pressure that help a lot of people. But silence, frankly, is not one I'd ever thought of before. The research on it is pretty impressive. Number two is improving concentration and focus, something that I absolutely need and want in my life. Uh, number three, calming racing thoughts. Th four, stimulating brain growth. Five, reducing cortisol levels. Uh, and in other words, feelings of anxiety. Uh, number six, stimulating creativity, something that I desperately need uh, as well. Number seven, improving insomnia. And number eight, encouraging mindfulness, that word that nobody knows what it means. Uh, but I'm going to explain that in a little bit of detail here in just a minute. Now, I'm not going to hit on all of these because I don't have time, but blood pressure. A 2006 study found that a two-minute period of silence, yes, two minutes, after listening to music significantly reduced subjects' heart rate and blood pressure, even compared to listening to slow, relaxing music, silence resulted in a greater decrease uh, in this important measure. So just two minutes of silence can make a significant difference in your blood pressure. In 2003, uh, they found that uh, associated, uh, uh, sorry, research associated a chronically noisy environment with increases in heart rate and blood pressure. Now, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, Mr. Easter in his book does say that uh, the research indicates that just, again, that kind of human noise, whether it's, you know, printers or cars or airplanes or music or television or podcasts or any of that stuff that we've created in our environment that is so prevalent now that it's nearly impossible to escape, it seems that all of that has been shown to increase cortisol levels, to make it more difficult to achieve a parasympathetic state or that rest and digest state that we want to be in. And so if you're thinking about it, you know, I talk about de-stressing before you eat because we want to get into rest and digest. Perhaps de-stressing before you eat is, is more than what I originally said, which is to not watch anything stressful or have stressful conversations during that time. But what about just not having any noise at all during that time? What about sitting and eating without noise? Would that be beneficial? I think it might be. Now, that doesn't mean you can't talk to your family while you're eating with them. I think there's real value in that and that connection. And as, as long as you're not talking about stressful things while you're eating, I think there's real value in that. But if, you, if your default is to put the TV on and have something going on in the background or have a podcast on or have music on, and I have to tell you, that is my default. So I'm speaking to myself here, too. 
um, then reconsider your default and see how you feel and see how your digestion improves. I think it probably will. Focus, uh, 2021 study took 59 participants that performed tasks that required concentration with either silence, speech, or other noise in the background. Those who worked in silence experienced the least cognitive load and the lowest stress levels. Uh, focusing on one thing at a time with one's full attention can help promote efficiency and calmness amidst activity, explains the clinical psychologist and mindfulness educator, uh, Supriya Blair. Uh, so again, some of this is just duh, right? It's like, okay, you know, why'd you even have to explain that to me? That's obvious. And yet here I am, <laughs> the guy that does vitality radio telling everybody how to be healthy in a noisy environment, trying to prepare this show. So that's changing this year. That's changing as of this show. There will not be music on in the background as I prepare Vitality Radio. And I believe I'll see some real benefit. And you should see some benefit from more well thought out, more well um, organized thoughts from me uh, helping to produce this show for you. Okay, so uh, anxiety. Uh, racing thoughts are a hallmark of anxiety. Silence might seem like a wide open space for swirling thoughts to fill, but this does not have to be the case. Instead, it's possible to allow silence to bring mental stillness. Learning to become quiet helps us refrain from expending unnecessary energy, endlessly participating in the hamster wheel of thoughts in our head, according to um, Dr. Blair. So, this one is really interesting because I mentioned earlier that some people really struggle with silence. Now, I will say this. If you struggle with silence, I highly recommend that you think about that and think about why that is. If you struggle with silent, silence, then there that's one of those questions you need to ask yourself. I did the Emotional Vitality episode on curiosity. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. I think it's one of the most powerful tools I could possibly share with you for mental and emotional wellness. But that's one where you can get curious. Why am I so uncomfortable in the silence? And if you are, you can still baby step your way into this and utilize that silence to gain perspective and to shift perceptions about the stresses that you feel. I think there's real power in that. We know that silence uh, reduces cortisol, and there's many studies that actually show that, that just simply noise, whether it's you know a concert or being at a kid's birthday party or being in a busy place or in an office with a bunch of different voices and phone calls and all these different things, it's really, really powerful how getting away from that environment and finding a quiet place can really, really change your stress levels and reduce your cortisol and help you get back into a calm state. Uh, so that's there's a lot more uh, research on this. Um, it sparks creativity, and it does. I can attest to that from just today's experiment that I had not a plan on what I was going to deliver on this show and then I did have a plan. I, I, had, I had some plan, but I didn't know how I was going to put it all together. And it came together when I was walking in a light rainstorm in silence. Really, really awesome. Okay, so now uh, to wrap up the show, what did I learn in 2023 on this 
show. There's a couple of different things. Um, I learned that there's something called methylene blue that really does improve my mental focus. If you didn't hear that episode, we'll link to it below. Methylene blue, I'm trying to think, came across my radar uh, probably late 2022. I, I think that's probably pretty accurate. And I put it on the list of something I wanted to talk about, but I needed to research it more. I didn't know enough about it. And there's a lot of stuff online about it that's, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I found some really great resources initially when I started looking into it, so I put it off. And then I I came across Dr. Warren, Stephen Warren. Now, I've, I've known Dr. Warren. He shopped at my store. I've known him for a long time. I didn't know he had an involvement in Methylene Blue, and he actually is a part owner uh, in a company that makes Methylene Blue. Um, or maybe he's the medical advisor. I'm not sure which. But uh, the company is... Um, uh, best 365 labs and I had them on the show to educate me on methylene blue and to educate you on methylene blue but I didn't have them on the show until I'd already tested the product for a few weeks and I tested it and discovered that there was a real marked difference between my uh, ability to just kind of home in on what I was trying to focus on and stay there with methylene blue versus without methylene blue. And that kind of blew my mind because I've struggled with that for so long. And now I, I don't remember how many months it's been since they were originally on the show, but I guess I've been using methylene blue now for three or four months, maybe longer. And it's a staple. It's, it's a regular part of my supplement routine. Um, I use it pretty much every day. I, I oftentimes don't use it on the weekends if I don't have um, as much you know, mental work going on. I'm just hanging out with the family, that kind of thing. But when I'm working, and especially if I'm trying to prepare this show or I'm working on a formula or I'm working with a client and trying to focus in on what they need from me, any of those types of things, then methylene blue, absolutely. I highly recommend it if you're dealing with focus stuff. Take a listen to that episode on Methylene Blue and check it out. Uh, taking care of your mitochondria matters. And I'm going to lump this together with the Methylene Blue and also with the next bullet point uh, of something I've learned, and that is that I feel a lot better without caffeine. Now, mitochondria. I did two episodes with um, Gaetano Morello about mitochondria. I'll link both of those below. And then I also did a third episode that's basically... Uh, tries to, where I tried to distill what he taught us, um, and he taught me so much on those episodes, uh, into you know user-friendly um, information. So you can either listen to the two Gaetano Morello episodes, which I would encourage. I think he's fascinating. Uh, and then listen to my summary of it, or you can just listen to the summary if, you, if you're kind of more of a Cliff Notes kind of a person. Either way, what works for you is fine. But taking care of your mitochondria is a big deal. Now, I'm, I'm a little yawny this morning. I got up earlier than I anticipated or than I originally planned, went to bed a little later than I originally planned. I'm still trying to get used to being back from the craziness uh, and, the, you know, the, a little bit of jet lag from Hawaii. And uh, it was an overnight flight on the way back and so on and so forth, right? So I'm a little tired. But that being said, I used to 
get a little tired and then rely on caffeine to, you know, kind of get me through. And I've always known that I did a little better without caffeine, um, you know, in the long run. And I've always told people I don't shun caffeine, but I don't recommend it on a regular basis either. It's one of those tools that can be very, very useful. And I still use it if I've got to go on a long drive or, you know, whatever else. But what I have found is that when I get into the trap that I often get into where I'm, I start drinking caffeine every single day, because I had a late night, didn't sleep well, whatever, I start drinking or using caffeine in some some form or, or another, um, that when I get into that trap, I never feel energized consistently. I only feel energized when I have the caffeine, and then when it dies off, I feel more tired than when I started. Again, it's kind of, duh, like I should know that, and I do know that, but... I don't know. I get trapped in the habit sometimes. You probably do too, or at least a lot of people listening do, I'm sure. And so when I don't do it at all, and and what got me to not do it at all is I did this uh, functional medicine detox that I talked about with Dr. Cabral uh, on uh, Vitality Radio a few months ago. And I did, or a couple months ago, I guess it was, I did the 21 days And on that 21 days, I did no caffeine. And then I just decided to stay off of caffeine when I was done with it. Except that when we got to Hawaii, I was tired because long flight, flight time change, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I got back into caffeine while I was in Hawaii. And then I realized that it it wasn't serving me. And I've been off of it ever since. I've been back a little week and a day now, I guess it is, since I got back. And I'm better across the board without caffeine unless I absolutely need it. So from now on in 2024, my goal with caffeine, and this is just for me. This is just what I've learned. You can decide what you want to do. I'm going to use caffeine when it's going to be put me in a safer position. So if I've got to drive at night and I'm really struggling, I have a long distance to go or anything like that, yes, I'll use it to wake me up. But aside from that, I'm not planning to use it, even with the methylene blue. So the methylene blue comes in a couple different formulas. It comes in a NeuroPro formula. It also comes in an ADHD formula. Now, there's a little bit of caffeine in the ADHD formula. Um, Well, there's actually quite a bit. There's 200 milligrams in a full dose. I don't like that much caffeine at one time anyway. So what I've been doing is two of the ADHD and one NeuroPro. But now what I'm doing is just two NeuroPro a day. And I think overall, I'm doing better with that. So I'm going to try as much as I can to avoid the caffeine over the next several months and really monitor how a combination of silence, not ramping up my my, uh, adrenal glands with caffeine and still taking care of my mitochondria, which what I'm doing for that is the methylene blue to get my cellular respiration up, acetyl L-carnitine to work in the brain and to work with mitochondria, um, uh, brain mitochondria specifically, and then glutathione, the lipocell uh, glutathione from natural factors. Those are the big three that I've decided to add to my regimen to help with mental focus, to help with um, with uh, production at the mitochondria level, cellular respiration, and to keep the antioxidant load high enough at the cellular level that my mitochondria is protected. So that's what I'm doing. And I started doing that right after, I I was still doing caffeine quite a bit um, up until the functional medicine detox where I stopped doing it, which has only been 
a little over a month ago that I started that month and maybe it's five weeks now. And I was still doing the caffeine, but I was doing the acetyl L-carnitine. I was doing the glutathione and I was doing the NeuroPro, the methylene blue. And I was already seeing significant benefits, especially mentally. Really, really good. But also my energy was more balanced even with the caffeine. So what I'm hoping is that by the time I get all the way through this weekend and have a little bit more um, downtime after a, a long week of work, that my energy levels will balance out and that I will have, you know, optimal energy uh, based on getting more active, standing more than sitting, ditching the caffeine and taking care of my mitochondria. So I believe the mitochondria is a big deal and I'm really, really excited to keep nourishing mine. Now, I uh, did something uh, last night I thought was kind of funny. Uh, Jessica, my assistant who does the uh, editing of this show, uh, she texted me uh, about a question that we received in the Vitality Radio listeners community. And uh, it was about a, let's see here, I'm going to find this. It was about a question that was asked about cardiovascular wellness, and I was recommending NO Cardio Boost, which increases nitric oxide. And she said, so is that something that people would need to use on a regular basis to take care of this specific issue? Or would they be able to take care of it? And then through lifestyle change, would they be able to then not have to use the supplement? And I said, well, I think it depends on the situation. And I kind of went through an explanation. And then I said, and also, I think it's really cute that you think people actually do lifestyle changes. <laughs> now, that made me laugh. I then shared that with Jen. It made her laugh. And it made Jessica laugh. But unfortunately, it's kind of true. So this is something that I want to get across to you, and I'm going to wrap up the show with this. And then there will be more learnings and um, a lot of other good stuff that I, I don't want to forget that happened in 2023 because, frankly, coming from my chair, the guy who does this show, I thought it was the best year of Vitality Radio that there ever has been. And um, there's some really good stuff that was in there, and I'm going to try and distill it down into some some useful uh, little uh, nuggets for you over the next couple of weeks. So so there will be more stuff coming, but I'm going to wrap it up with this. The lifestyle change thing. I am a guy who, for a living, sells nutritional supplements. I sell them uh, as a useful tool in improving your health and vitality. And yet, I am also a guy who has read enough and studied enough and experimented enough with myself and done all kinds of research that recognizes that supplements can never be the answer. They can only be part of the answer. And it puts me in a precarious position, right? It puts me in a precarious position because I sell supplements. Of course, I want them to be the whole answer, but they can't be. And the reason I do emotional vitality episodes of Vitality Radio is because supplements can't fix your mindset, right? They, they simply cannot. And there's so many other things that supplements can't do. Supplements should be in the position of balancing your body by nourishing you with the things that you otherwise aren't getting from your diet. Now, I say aren't getting from your diet as opposed to can't get from your diet because many of these things can be had through 
diet changes and increasing your nutrition load in your food. But lifestyle changes are a real challenge, right? So I joked with Jessica and Jen about this last night saying, I think it's cute, Jess, that you think people actually do lifestyle changes. And then I said that knowing that Jessica is one who absolutely does lifestyle changes. She takes this very seriously and she gets new information and she tries to implement it. And she is a great example to me of this because she, I would say she's a far more disciplined individual than I am. But Jen said to me, you know, it's funny that you say that, but you know, over the last couple of years, we've made more lifestyle changes than either one of us ever have. And she's right. Because we discovered a couple of years ago that grain is a real problem for her. Specifically, wheat and corn and oats seem to be pretty problematic. I think brown rice as well. We've discovered in my case that brown rice seems to be a problem for me and white rice seems not to be at least basmati or jasmine rice. I don't eat the enriched white rice. I think that's a problem for everybody. Um, and we discovered that seed oils are a real problem for me. So the only fat that I eat now is animal fat. Uh, and that includes, you know, butter and ghee and things like that, tallow, but also olive oil, avocado oil, and coconut oil. And I've also found, interestingly enough, in Hawaii, that macadamia nuts and macadamia oil don't seem to be a problem for me. Thank goodness, because they're delicious. And so I enjoyed my share of macadamia nuts while I was in Hawaii and brought many back, um, some of which may or may not have been coated with chocolate. But regardless, um, I found that that doesn't bother me. But if you think about it, we as a couple, Jen and myself, and I've mentioned this before on the show, so I won't belabor the point, between not eating corn, not eating wheat, not eating brown rice, not eating oats, and not eating seed oils, it's a heck of a time finding anywhere we can eat that we aren't feeding ourselves. We can go out and have a steak from time to time. We seem to be able to do okay with Thai food and usually Indian food because the types of fats they use in those foods are generally on the okay list for me and they use white rice primarily, which tends to be okay for both of us. But our diet change, our lifestyle change having to do with diet has been dramatic. The biggest change I've ever made in my life by far and this is what I want to tell you that I've learned from that. And that is that you can be so much happier, so much more comfortable, so much more healthy, so much less in pain and discomfort, and even mentally and emotionally more balanced by giving up some of these things that you don't want to give up, whether it's caffeine whether it's wheat, whether it's sugar, you know, whatever it is for you, it's different for all of us, for sure. You can be so much better without it. So why not give it a try? Why not consider a lifestyle change that really, really benefits you, that keeps you around healthier, happier, longer? Why not? Because it's challenging because it's daunting, because it's scary, because it's not socially acceptable. Whatever the excuses are, 
I would suggest to you that they are just excuses. That if we are willing to make a lifestyle change, a significant lifestyle change, it will not only improve our health physically, but it will improve our health mentally and emotionally, and it will prove to us that we can do challenging things. And I think there's real value in that. We can do challenging things, and the more challenging things we do, the easier it is to do the next challenging thing. Because of what I've learned by going off of seed oils, going off of these grains that I talked about, really, really shifting things dramatically, feeling dramatically better because I was willing to shift those things and recognizing that almost anything else I do will be easier than implementing that makes it way easier for me to say, you know what, I am going to get up a half hour earlier and walk by myself and just listen to silence. I am going to give up music while I'm working on this podcast. I am going to start throwing weight in a backpack and take my walk with that, meaning that I'm rucking rather than walking. And I am going to do cold plunges in the beautiful new ice pod that Jen bought me for Christmas. These are the things that I can do because I've proven to myself that I can do challenging things. I highly, highly recommend that you find a challenging thing this year. I know it's not January 1st. We're all the way into February now. But that doesn't mean you have to wait till next January to make that resolution. Skip all that and take a thing that you've been knowing you need to do, that you've intuitively believed that you need to do, and do it. If you'll do that, it can, and I believe will, change your life. It might be incremental, and it might take a little bit of time, but you'll get there, and there's real power in that. I hope this has been a beneficial episode for you. If you have questions about anything you've heard, you can call us at 801-292-6662. You can jump on our site, vitalitynutrition.com. There are links to all the stuff I talked about below, and I apologize to Jessica in advance for all the links you're going to have to find and put into the show description, but thank you for doing that for me and for those listening to our podcast Thank you so much for listening to me. Happy 2024. Let's act like February is the new January. Implement some changes and have our best year yet. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.